0: Hello, this is Johnny Tacos I've always been a lover of music the way the drums beat as my heart the way the guitar sings louder than the vocalist and the way the song is written you would think it was how each word just coexisted with the other word. Music has always been a tool for good and evil music has always been a to soothe the heart, to mend the broken, to relax the unnerved, to scream out the angry, and to worship. So please join me as we take a trip and we listen to these wonderful musicians with their art as well as their love songs to God. And I am Johnny Tacos, and this is Origin. What's up? This is Johnny Tacos here with another exciting and informative origin stories. Today, I have Tulsa, Oklahoma's own 13 Minutes front man, I guess. Uh, well, not front man, because front man's a singer. But uh, we have the diabolical genius of it all, Jamie kinsinski i think got I, it. It. I got it right yes again the second time since today in the last couple of minutes um, i like diabolical genius yes. i'll take that uh but before we get to talking to him i just want to let you know valentine's day is just around the corner And you're thinking, oh, no, what could I give to the to the person that I love with all my heart? You know, it could be your wife, husband, your kid, uh, that crush in high school that you are too scared to talk to. But the best thing to give them is a Johnny Tacos origin story shirt. And you know what's the best part? If you buy them one, you get one half off. So you get two of them. Y'all can walk around like Twinkies. It'd be awesome. Give uh, reps to the show, uh, helping out with the kingdom. You're just you're just all around a hero. And and then right now you can get one when you buy one you get one half off. Just go to Twisted Glitter and say Valentine's twenty three. You might have to remind her three times because this will be the first time she heard it. So it's going to be exciting. But I, I'll let her know. But uh, you get one, you get one half off. So it should be fun. But uh, just to let you know, we got some music after here. So don't just. Quit after the interview. You had enough of the interview. You get to listen to some of the music from 13 minutes, or as I like to say in a running joke, XIII minutes for all you Roman people. All right. What's up, Jamie? Oh, man. It's a great day in the neighborhood. How are you doing? Well, I'm just fine, Mr. Rogers. so uh tell us a little something about you
1: about me personally or me the band you personally well i'm short i play drums i talk a lot i like lasagna and long walks on the beach had to throw that in there yeah the long walks on the beach is pretty
0: much the go-to for every guy exactly that's how we got our wives <laughs> i like long walks on the beach but in vr that's about as far as it goes nowadays
1: <laughs> you know that vr is pretty impressive stuff with the technology they got today i'm a little
0: bit plored by it yeah i played uh the first time i ever played anything vr was uh resident evil six or seven it was one of those ones where, where the PlayStation had the VR and the zombie just came out of nowhere and I was just slapped and I accidentally slapped my friend. <laughs> that's awesome. Cause it, it was, it was realistic. It's pretty crazy
1: what technology can do. It so, is. It's crazy and scary. I'm old enough to remember a movie called lawnmower man. Do you remember that movie? Yeah. 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 yeah uh, I'll, with all the VR stuff, that's always what I come back to. I'm just like, <laughs> Okay. <laughs>
0: See, see. remember Lawnmower Man, but don't remember the sequel. Don't remember the sequel. The sequel, yeah, the sequel no. was not worth watching. No, it's like um, the millions of other Children of the Corn episode uh, in the series. You know, you tend to forget all about that, but just get to the one, because that's what Stephen King wrote the first one. Mm-hmm. The sequels were just uh, money grabs. Yeah, money grabs. Wasn't a lot of money grabs, I can tell you that.
1: No, I don't know. They still live in infamy and in a in in, uh, cult status now, I suppose. Straight to VHS. People still like their VHS.
0: <laughs> and for all the kids that listen to, VHS is a plastic device with film in there. And, and usually, we
1: find them at a flea market.
0: Yes. And when you're done, you can't just hit repeat. You have to hit rewind and wait three or four minutes for it to stop. And, and then it goes click. And now, you know, it stopped. And and I'm sure I'm and, <laughs> and, and that is more, you know, by Johnny Tacos. <laughs> All right. So you were from Chicago. You said you had a kind of a gypsy kind of thing where you just roamed
1: everywhere. I did, um, born in Chicago, uh, lived in Utah, New Mexico, Florida, Michigan, Wyoming. Um, and I forget, there's probably some other States in there and then found my way to Oklahoma when I was a wee lad and we, we just kind of stayed.
0: Oklahoma's beautiful. You know, if you get through the, uh, you know, the, what is it? The little prairie part of it and you actually go into where there's, forestry and water and all that turner falls is it was a place that my family loved going to during the summer oh turner falls is gorgeous in the arbuckles yeah definitely so um have you have has your family and all that been very uh christian Uh, did you grow up in a christian lifestyle Absolutely
1: not. I am a self-professed heathen. Um, I laugh cause, uh, you know, Jesus Christ was a bad word in my home whenever <laughs> it was used as an exclamation, not as a, as a point of reverence. So no, I didn't grow up in church. Um, had no really frame of reference of Christianity, um, until late in my teen years and, uh, still, uh, took me a while to fully embrace, uh, my faith walk, but no, um, No, I I can't even remember saying prayers, to be honest with you, like at dinner or anything of that nature.
0: So growing up through that, you pretty much had a a free reign of trying to (laughs) self-discover. I'm trying to keep this PG, you know, for the the
1: kids. Self-discovery, self being the active word here, because it very much was about self. And that's pretty much what
0: the uh the season is for the world. Everything is about self, and you know people are like saying, "Well, we're getting close to the end of times because Satan really relied on his own vanity, his own self, and people are starting to mimic here so I can go on like four hour lecture on this whole thing, but <laughs> this is about music, not about that's for a whole different show that I do but uh but yeah, when you were going through that, so, so what did you, you do? Did you, um, when did you seek Christ? Was that a younger years or
1: pretty recently or 20 years ago or Well, you know, I think it's all relative. Um, Here's the short version. There was a cute girl that asked me to go to church with her. Uh And I went to church with her because she was cute, not because I was missing Jesus. Um, I got to church and there's a lot of other cute girls there. And so because of those cute girls, I came back and kept coming back, told all my friends, hey, you need to come to this place because there's some hot chicks. And uh, lo and behold, that is where I met the living
0: God. And just to let you know, uh, church is a good place to meet wives and not to go hang out with hot chicks. Just
1: remember that Uh, just, you know, when, when you're late in your teens though, you're not thinking about that. There were just hot chicks. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> so and you gotta remember heathen Jamie is still going into the church doors so really my frame of reference was just that and uh, so it's really interesting to me because I I was not seeking a life of faith I did not feel like anything um spiritual was missing I really didn't even ponder anything spiritual to be honest with you it was really um The interesting story behind this period of uh, time in my life is I was, uh, I had a methed out mom. Uh Um, So we were living in poverty. And in fact, in that course of time, I ended up getting kicked out of my home, my mother's home. And uh, I was living homeless through my last year of high school. And uh, so for me, it really was kind of like this whirlwind of, 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 Oh, how can I describe it? Just events. So a lot of my existence was really uh, about survival. Um, the church was great. Um, and I, uh, I have nothing, nothing honestly, but the majority of fond memories of this time in my life. But I will say I met Jesus, but the church didn't understand me. They didn't understand where I came from. They didn't understand who I was. And to a large degree, I don't feel like that they wanted to. Um, And so it was really, I met Jesus there, but I did not connect my faith to that early moment in terms of Uh, what my next steps would be. So it was really like the seed that was planted in shallow soil. I sprouted up. I knew that I met God. Um, it was a very tangible real moment, but I didn't know, honestly, what I thought about Christianity. And so after a period of time, I realized that this wasn't, well, this place wasn't for me. And I, uh, I kind of threw caution in the wind. I knew I met God, but I realized that I just did not fit within traditional Christian circles. I was, I was becoming something that I was not. And after a period of time, that just didn't set well with me anymore. Uh, but the question was, and it led to another question: Who was I? I mean, really? And who was God? And those were a lot of questions that I was wrestling with. So. Though my initial meeting of Jesus was just at a meeting. I didn't know him. I knew he existed, but I didn't know who he was really. Um, I tried to be a, a Christian, but not necessarily a Christ follower, if that makes sense. And so short-lived about, I'd say, maybe a year and a half, maybe a year and a half. And then I finally said, no, this isn't for me. And I walked away from it. And uh then part two came several years down the road. And uh, to be continued, part two. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I like to pause because, you know, there's a lot of a lot of twists and turns and things that brought me back to Christ. But also um, not just uh, keeping it at a general meeting, but really wrestling with the hard questions about what it means to. Uh, be sitting not just saved by Christ but sanctified by Christ. And so the next steps really were that place where sanctification truly began not just a meeting, but now a relationship began to form with with who he is. Well, you
0: know it, it's just how how smart and how knowledgeable and intelligent that God is that he knew what could a- attract you to, to go to church, but then secretly just speak in your ear and just setting you free, uh, you know, not just fully just on you like Satan does, but just like a, like a whisper and it just mm-hmm. real, like a light whisper. And you, you saying that, you know, you were still a heathen going through it, but, you know, after time, you know, water, um, water, Recedes rock and pretty, pretty much after the erosion set in, you get into your, what you really want in your heart and what you truly wanted was a, a parent relationship. And God had said, I can, I am your parent. I am your father You know, that was that what you were. That's kind of what I'm feeling from your testimony. (laughs) Well, you
1: you make a good point because honestly, and we'll go back to to my upbringing. You know, I I, I've never met my father. Um, I I didn't have a real father. I didn't even have a stepfather. And so I was a young man that was looking to worldly uh, things to to find me. Um, there was not a mother that was really heavily present, especially when I went into my teen years, when I became a little bit more opinionated about things. Um, not saying I was always right. I'm um, just saying I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. And, uh, as, uh, we, as I grew, begin to grow up and begin to formulate my own opinions and my own view on things and what I thought to be, um, Questionable, or what I what I began to adopt for my own personality, it really led to a lot of friction between me and my mother to such a degree of parting ways. And so, as I moved through this thing that we called faith, um, of course, there was no parental really parental relationship that was present. Uh, in the world. in fact, funny story. My mom hated that I was going to church. she she hated it. Um, it came back to you think you're better than me now and I'm like, no, it's not that all I promise. And so I think subconsciously, yeah, there was definitely a, a desire. Uh, you know, we call this thing father God. I couldn't have worded it back then that way, but I'm I am very certain I, I think a desire to be accepted was heavy. Um, a desire to be loved and seen was heavy. Um, I could go, I mean, I could go through everything that was going on now with hindsight and a clarity, and I could really lay it out and, uh, I could, I could cross the T's and dot the I's of what God was doing. But in the moment I wouldn't have defined it as that, but I would say it's not too far from, from where I was going. And, you know, that journey uh, that you you took, you
0: know, you finally realized, hey, I wasn't alone. And I understand completely about moms and about how she was upset about you going to church, because I, I see your story and I see it similar in me. Uh, the similarities are so bright because my mom used to sell drugs. She used to do drugs, be strung out, had a. Uh, Guys over that were not father figures, but mm-hmm. I tried to reach out as a father figure, Realized that they were uh, very um, abusive mm-hmm. towards my, my mom and, you know, uh, and then they started being abusive towards my siblings and myself. So I had to actually, instead of, you know, I still had my grandparents. So thank God I still have my grandparents uh, when things happen like that. And I lived with them. Uh, you know, I, unfortunately that the last part of your school, you had to to live out there and, you know, maybe that gave you more of a uh, clarity of, of what you needed to do because you needed to get out of that,
1: uh, venomous pit. Oh, I did. It definitely developed some survival um, skills with me. Um, one thing I did know was I didn't want to go back. Um, I knew in my heart of hearts that there was something in the future. I just didn't have words for it yet. So I definitely had a, I developed a, a little bit of an internal fortitude to, if the question isn't present, it's still worth even the discomfort to uh, seek out the answers. And, uh, I think that's definitely where I was in life is, Hey, you know what? I've seen what's back there. I don't know what's forward. I know I don't want to go back. So huh, onward and upward, um, whatever that looks like, if it meant sleeping in, in, in my car, if it meant sleeping, I used to actually go out to the lake cause they had a shower. Um, so I would uh, get ready for school at the lake. <laughs> I had no lake shower. Um, I had a lot of friends that would allow me to couch surf. So I was, though not comfortable, I, I wasn't, I wasn't destitute. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes
0: perfect sense because I had friends that, that had that similar journey that you had when they were living on their own, they were couch surfing. I always had a soft heart for, for those, for those people, for um you know the ones who were lost and i always invited to my couch some of them were very respectful and then there's a small minute amount that were too lost at the moment and you know i people would steal from me and stuff ah, like that but i've always had like happens. but i always had that that soft heart because i i've seen that life i lived that life um and I just and to this day, I still my heart goes out to people that are that are living like that, that are going through their struggles. Did you try to to pacify the struggles with like alcohol or anything? Because that, that's what that was my go to when I was in that that kind of um,
1: life style. Interestingly, the first time I ever remember getting drunk, I, th- I was 13 years old. Um, and it didn't really become a full blown addiction until much later. Um, that year that I was homeless, I was in church. And so to be honest with you, I knew it was taboo to do that. And so I actually I, I didn't do that. Um Funny story, though, the day that I decided to walk away from it, the first thing I did is I, you know, I was with my uh, with my fraternity brothers Um, and uh, I looked over. I just had enough. I said, hey, man, throw me a beer and not knowing that one beer was going to lead into. Uh, a, a lot of problems, but it's funny how one step can catapult you into a place that you you don't necessarily want to be, and you find yourself in. So uh, it was that one beer, and I was 19 years old at that point, and that's what uh, that's what led to the next. Yeah, and, and
0: it's kind of hard when you get into that that hole. It's kind of hard to come out when your when your faith is not straight. And you just keep digging yourself even deeper and deeper and deeper and uh, so, because I lived that life. I I went through a divorce where I hit rock bottom, I blamed God. I I you know, I cursed his name. I was so upset and then I just went into a di- worship a different kind of God, which was the God of alcohol, and mm-hmm. I would just bury my my feelings in it. And I can understand when your faith gets tested, uh, God understands he still loves you. It's just like any child that gets mad at their parents. The parents are supposed to still love unconditionally to their children. So, uh, but once you got out of that and you got right back, um, you know, right back into the path of, uh, being closer to god when was that where, where did you wake up one time um you know miggy from relent he woke up in a off the beach with a, a bottle of alcohol and he realized he didn't want to live that life anymore mm-hmm. because of uh it wasn't feeling him like the holy spirit filled him
1: was that like a, did that happen to you similarity or, or oh yeah very similar i had um I woke up one morning after a, a night of heavy partying and, you know, my house was just, it was just stunk, you know, there were still people passed out and I, I trudged my way to the bathroom and I'm just hung over at, at this point. Um, and I look in the mirror and for the first time ever, the, the person looking back at me just made me sick And I knew at that moment that what I had been doing needed to stop. I didn't know what was next. Once again, I didn't know what was next, but I knew what I had been doing wasn't working. And so you know, only a fool keeps doing the same thing over and over and over again, hoping to get a different result. And I knew better that, uh, than to keep doing the same thing, especially at that moment. So, yeah, dude, it was really weird to me because I looked at myself and I didn't recognize it. And, and, I, and the pit of my stomach, I just felt like I wanted to vomit. And so <laughs> I walked out of the bathroom, I kicked everybody out of the house and went into a period of isolation for a while to figure some things out.
0: Yeah because your your when your flesh grows weak your spirit grows stronger and that was just like your spirit saying hey this is not going the way we're supposed to go wake up wake up it's like an alarm going to your head mm-hmm. and when you when you started clearing out everybody and you started going right um you know when when people tend to think of Christianity, they think of goody two shoes that you get this automatic Christian card that everything just comes to you without any kind of effort. Um you had uh, when you were getting back into the the way, did you have you had like a little like a roller coaster, right? A little ups and downs. Oh, yeah.
1: Well the first thing I suffered was a lot of loss. Um Not necessarily death or anything like that, but what you had invested, your, what I had invested myself into for several years immediately disappeared. And we're talking, remember my need for acceptance? That would be my my peer group. Um, You know, hey, you're not doing what we want you to do. You're not doing what we think you should do. Um, We're done. Bye-bye now. And it really... I'm looking back now, I'm glad it happened. It's exactly what I needed. But in that moment, I was like, oh, really? It really hurt. And, you know, when, uh, but, you know, when it gets quiet, that's when you start really hearing God. And the noise had cleared um, as heartbreaking as it was. Um, and finally, I could begin to uh, receive the clarity that I needed to, number one, look appropriately on what I was doing. Um, see the destructive nature of what I was doing, but then be able to look ahead and say, Well, if not that, then what? and really lean into God for that at that point.
0: And and when you started, um, you started seeing results, you started seeing more positive results coming through, you're able to go through a lot of uh, difficulties, but with a a lot more patience and a lot more understanding. when, when you started through that
1: journey, am I correct? I think that came later. One of the things that God began to strip from me was my, well, my pride, but also I did not realize how oppressed I was by the spirit of anger. Um, my drinking manifested itself because I was angry. Um, and when I was intoxicated, I was not angry at that moment and I didn't want to be angry. I just didn't know how not to be angry and be sober at the same time. Um, so there was a breaking process that had to happen. I had to learn how to do sober life. Um, what that looked like again, I I had no idea. Um, I had to be very, um, honest with myself about that very thing because the roots of anger had run deep. I mean, consider where I had come from considering what I had to endure to just get me to my early twenties. Um, I did not realize how much anger had built up. And so here I am now in a process of committing myself to sobriety and then going through all those emotions that I would rather forget. And so I don't know if it was, um, it felt like forward progress, not at the moment, because there was many times that, you know, you're looking, you're looking at life going, is it worth it? is this, is this really what it means to follow God? I mean, you're alone, (laughs) you're alone, not just physically, but you're, you're sitting there with your thoughts and you have to go through all the process of, of asking yourself hard questions, seeing yourself in a, in an honest lens. And that's not easy. That's not easy. I think as humans, we would prefer to forget the bad stuff that's within us, but being sober caused me to really address the ugliness, the ugly truth that was present. And I wasn't all, of uh, you know, God doesn't, I mean, God doesn't make mistakes, but you know, at this point in my life, though, I had a hard time differentiating the emotions. If I, if there was some one thing wrong, I embraced it as the whole of me was wrong. And that was a very hard place to break free from. Amen. Amen. Hey, we're, we're
0: about to go on a commercial here. Um, we're going to start off with a song called blue flame. Uh, can you tell a little something about that song? Blue flame?
1: Yeah. Blue flame was a, that was a fun song. It was actually uh, crafted long before, um, the name 13 minutes, uh, had a mom well, had been found me and Aaron Smith, my best friend and co-founder had written that song. And it was a bit of a carryover. We were initially thinking about scrapping it and, uh, toward the end of our album cycle, we we're like struggling to get, you know, what we think is a really cool and viable song to conclude our album. And so we were working with the, uh, with our producer and he still had our raw files from recording with him previously. And so we started reconstructing it and, and throwing around some ideas. And our vocalist at the time, Michael, brought in this really catchy hook. I spit it all through a blue flame. And, uh, you know, it just kind of came together at that point. so a song that we were considering scrapping became, I think, one of the more beloved songs that we created. And I and that's one of the songs that
0: i really love so it would be perfect for this commercial break so uh y'all listen to blue flame from the album obsessed here on the johnny taco show we'll be right back to talk more about the band and about his influences uh what musical influences he has and so on and so on so here it is blue flame
1: first time? Have you ever thought about waking up in the morning, getting ready, and going to church just to see what it's all about? Or maybe you're looking for a new church because your old church wasn't quite what you had in mind. Consider coming to visit Covenant Life Church in Waxahachie. Here on the Johnny Taco Show, this is our home church, and we extend the invitation for you to come worship with us and fellowship with us. If you're interested, visit Covenant Life at 423 North College Street, Waxahachie, Texas. Wednesday service begins at 7 p.m. Sunday service starts at 10.30 a.m. For more information, please visit www.covenantlife.online and look on the calendar for upcoming events. Your journey can begin right now. All right, we're
0: back. I hope you enjoyed listening to Blue Flame and then the commercial. I don't know which commercial it is because I'm flying blind here, just like all my other podcasts here. And i wonder it myself anyways and the reason why i wanted to play music in between the break is because i really wanted to get into the band uh not personally get into the band hey can i uh can i be in the band no i wanted to because my understanding is you put a lot of your heart and soul into this project into your band and it, and it becomes like a child where you cannot just say hey this song is i think this song is best out of all the other stuff because it's your blood sweat and tears and you got to keep it equally like your children even though some children think hey you like me more you love him more than you love me blah blah, <laughs> ah, blah, blah 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 crying and all that but uh let's get in first of all
1: 13 minutes where did that come from the name of the band Well, that is the question of all questions and it is my favorite question as well, which is why we named the band 13 minutes, but simply put, we were all um, discussing one day uh, that about, we wanted to name number one that wasn't easy to forget, not too complicated. And we wanted something that had depth that, uh, obviously you know me, I'm already I'm a conversationalist. So I wanted something that certainly opened doors for conversation. um, 13 minutes is is really built from a a physical fitness standpoint um, Michael our old vocalist and myself have previously been personal trainers and so there's definitely a love of exercise and health and wellness things of that nature and we were discussing one day that in the in the fitness realm that your baseline fitness is measured through 90 minutes a week so to be baseline healthy foundationally healthy you need it Exercise. You need to move ninety minutes a week, and you know you get all the excuses. I don't got time to exercise. Yada yada yada. So, um, the conversation went from there to, well, if God is the creator of our physical being, then and ninety minutes keeps us baseline healthy. Would it stand a reason that God also being the author of our spiritual being, could we contend that ninety minutes a week? Uh, 90 minutes a week in this in spiritual exercise could also breed the same results since we are, you know, body, soul, and spirit. And like, so honestly, I don't think we ever firmly answered that question, but at the same time, it would stand to reason that the creator of the physical of the spiritual and the way we keep healthy, it would parallel one another. So we broke that down as like, okay, so guys, when we're talking about, um, our prayer time, our our scripture studies, the things that we need to do to exercise our faith on a baseline level, what would that look like every day? And so if you took 90 minutes and divide it by seven days a week, we came up, rounded up a little bit. We came up to 13 minutes a day of exercises, what is required to be baseline healthy, 13 minutes. So the commitment initially was that that's not a lot to ask for every one of us in the band could commit to 13 minutes a day minimum to maintain spiritual wellness.
0: You know, the spiritual wellness, but but people will say, well, i go to church for an hour and a half. That's, you know, that, that should be enough for the week. But then it, it's kind of contradicting because no, you got to keep your, I can go to the gym and sit for an hour, hour and a half. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you know, you, you have to keep a, a steady regimen you know you just can't just do it all in one day and then just expect the rest of the time you still be on that save wavelength you're going you're going to falter a little bit that's that's with exercise too you can't Mm -hmm. just go one week like you know what I'm going to work out for six hours this one day and and then the whole week I should still be feeling the heat uh, the rest of the week. And then, uh, what happens? You start feeling the laziness mm-hmm. by that, by that sixth day, you're like, I don't know if I want to go to work out tomorrow. You know, that exactly. it from Papa John's looks really, really good. <laughs> and, and there's a football game, you know, you know, excuses. but 13
1: minutes, 13 minutes,
0: no excuses. Yep, because uh, I I did the P ninety uh, the P ninety X workout about fifteen years ago, and it was only like a forty five minute kind of thing, but it was for seven days a week, and I actually felt more energized doing it seven days a week than just working out. Uh, one week and then just forgetting about it because then my muscles start hurting afterwards. Um, you know, I start just peering off to the end and uh, to the point where I was like, well, what's the use of working out? I don't feel any results after just working out once once a day. And it's just like spiritual, you know, you you do it that one day, then you start faltering from being with god you're like you know what that's enough that's enough we'll just you do you want to see your wife once a week you think that'd be enough for love for her for once a week no yeah she wants to see you every day just like god wants to see you every day spend some time you know he don't mind you relationships built He don't mind you at any time, any time of the day, you know, pick up the phone, even at three o'clock in the morning say, Hey God, you know, thank you. Thank you. I just want to say, I love you. You know, that's all you have to do is just show a relationship. People get religion and relationship mixed up. You know, everybody's all focused on the laws of religion. They tend to not make it a relationship. They just make it um, a court hearing on Sundays. So, okay. I'm off my soapbox. I'm off my soapbox, but, um, uh, <laughs> but the, uh, the music, it, it it strives from your, your life, right? The, the life you lived before and the life you live now. Right.
1: Well, well, you know, I think, I think that can be a sharp question. You know, when, When you come out professing that you're a Christian, um, I think the Christian music community almost throws an expectation that your music should be a certain way. I think music uh, created by artists is going to reflect who you have been, who you hope to be, who you are now. It's, I think art done well is raw. Um, I think it's honest um, so I think it could be all of the above. It could not necessarily just be about you. it could be about another person. In fact, one of my favorite songs um by Demon Hunter is a band called Thorns. and it is a it's a song about cutting. you know, Ryan Clark uh, I, I've never personally you know been a cutter, but I get a lot of letters um, of from people who, you know, talk about their struggles. And this is where the the song became an empathetic point for people who struggle in that realm. So I think it could be that, I think it could be pure worship, you know, a very vertical uh, view of looking to God. So I, I think as an artist, you, you, for me anyway, I don't want to necessarily limit it to a box.
0: Yeah. And I talked to a guest one time and he goes, uh, there are some record labels, and I don't want to name any record labels because I I, I don't like um, you know shouting shade shade towards people or showing shade. Is that if you don't have enough Jesus Christ in each um, each song, then they they don't think you they don't consider you a Christian band. But people don't understand. As a part of Christianity, it's called love. It's called understanding. It's it's it's. You're, you're supposed to uh, go out and flourish and, and, you know, just bring people back home. And the only way you can bring back home is actually sing to them music that of what they've been through and uh, to show that there's hope. And then the hope is Jesus Christ. But you have to you have to word it in a way that it would entice people.
1: I think we're all looking for hope and we do have a rule within our band is it is very okay to talk about problems, but it's not okay to live there. Um, everything needs in our, in our camp needs an arrow pointed toward Christ because he is the answer. Um, that, I mean, we could talk about suicide. We could talk about addiction. We, we, I mean, and some, we just, we just have fun, but everything is a, is an arrow back to the great creator, the great artist himself. Um, my problem becomes with a lot of bands is we, we wallow in the struggle. And for me, I'm like, well, I'm a very solutions based person. And so that doesn't set well with me over the long time. It's like, okay, you're struggling today. 10 years, you're still struggling. 15 years, you're still, okay, where, where's the power? (laughs) So um, if anybody wants to look at my catalog and really dig deep in and, and, and what we believe, yeah, we, we believe in the human existence. We believe that we all feel very similar um, in, in our desires, our needs, our wants, our hurt, our triumphs, or whatever the human experiences we share in it with everybody else. We're not that different. The difference we want to come out of our music is always an arrow pointed toward the hope of Christ. Whether we explicitly state Jesus Christ or not, the arrow is always going to be pointed and directed toward him. Amen.
0: Amen. And that's the way it should be. And uh, y'all been around since what, uh, early 2015? Yeah. Late 2015 is when we officially formed. Okay. And with that, uh, what kind of um, music were you into that that kind of brought brought it out in this band? Were you in any other Christian bands before?
1: Well, funny story is this band was really a continuation of another band that had been around for five years prior called Far From Sanity. Um, in late 2015, we parted ways with our vocalist at the point in time. And he really was the owner of the band name. And so we didn't carry on the name. Um, he separated, he took the name, the rest of us went ahead and, uh, and recruited a singer who would eventually become Michael Rally, And we formed 13 minutes in the process. So ultimately this has been a continuation of almost, well, I'd say a little over 12 years now.
0: And, you know, it just keeps going strong and strong. You keep uh, upgrading and you keep uh, growing and, and it just it gets more refined and more polished. And it's really, really awesome to hear to hear your music. And you can tell that you have so much love um, that's just pouring out and for, for the fans and, for, and especially for Jesus Christ. Um, with, with that music going on, um, you took a a small hiatus at, at the moment, right? A little small one,
1: a little one. It was, uh, when you go and you do music, as long as I mean, for a decade plus now change happens, um, you learn, you grow. Here's the truth. When we started this journey, we didn't even have a remote understanding about what God was going to do through us and for us. Um so to some degree there were some of us that were not prepared for it. Um when we realized that there had become a divergence in our camp um we had to ask some questions are we intended to continue to walk together or not? Um there are one of the things that I've had to embrace is in this journey there are going to be people who walk with you for a little while and they're going to be people who walk with you for the long haul. And we found that, um, our season with uh, Michael Rowley had concluded and as tough as that was, um, I had to take some time to really consider the next steps. I, when Michael came into this band, I mean, he really, He painted a great room. He put a stamp and a seal on it and he became a very recognizable voice for what we were doing and a very likable person. Um, so whenever it was time to depart, it was like, do I carry on the the brand as we've built it? Do I start something new? Um, what are my next steps? I didn't have any clarity. And one of the worst things I felt like it could have done in that time is to continue to go blindly. So I. Shut it down for a little bit, reevaluated, um, reassess some things, short up some foundational things that we didn't initially do. And well, honestly, we knew when the time was right and you know, we got the right pieces in and uh here we go again. And you know,
0: I've I've been bugging Jamie because I really want to know, but everybody will know in April who the new singer is going to be on the, uh, what is it? The welcome back tour. Is it a welcome back tour?
1: Well, we're going to call it welcome back weekend. Um, yes, you're going to learn very quickly. Uh, I will tell you this, we were not looking for this guy. Um, but we're glad we, we both found one another A very series of unexpected, um, moments kind of led to this, this meeting and, Well, here we are. It's uh, been very awesome. He is highly talented. He's got a vocal range like I've never been able to work with in a person. Uh, He's an award-winning vocalist. Um, He's a veteran of his craft. And I'm so glad that he's here. It's Howard Jones.
0: Howard Jones, a kill switch. I knew it. I knew it. I'm just joking. I I love Howard's voice.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, I think, I think a lot of people are going to be, there's going to be two responses. I think like I knew it or, oh my gosh, I did not see that coming. Um, but we're going to, we're really excited to uh, introduce him. I want to tell people who he is right now, but we all have collectively agreed to wait till April 29th.
0: Hey, hey! Look, look! Come on, you could tell me. I'll, I'll accidentally stop it. Yeah, I'll just turn up the mic. I mean, hit the stop button. No,
1: but... he's a good dude. But man, our welcome back weekend is met with some of my heroes in music, some of my best friends in music, and some of the most awesome dudes that I think I could share the stage with. In Catic Resemblance and the legends known as Fear Not, and uh-huh. then of course my local friends, Aaron Michael's band. And, uh, we're, uh, we're going to put on a great night and we're, I couldn't think of a better way to do this again.
0: And just to let you know, Aaron and fear not, will be on, uh, future episodes of the Johnny Taco show coming up soon. I believe next month, uh, nice. chaotic, uh, they were on the show last year. Really awesome dudes. Really, really, um, like you wouldn't recognize how they play and they're like really kind of quiet out there. Matter of fact, the the joke was they were pulled over on the side of the truck on the side of the road, their truck broke down and we were talking. Uh, We had to interview while they were waiting (laughs) on the side of the road. And uh, it's, it's, it, it was a really awesome interview with them. Uh, So I, I've shared 30
1: plus stages now with chaotic. So yeah and where is this going to be at it is a place called heart church here in tulsa oklahoma
0: okay which um uh, if you're if you're in the dallas area it's only uh, what about four hour drive four hours easy easy and you know. it's
1: free we're not charging anybody to come and hang out with us so everybody is giving up their time um We got a capacity of about 400. I expect it to be full and uh, we want to hang out with you guys and and you know it's awesome
0: road trip you have some awesome music you can listen to 13 13 minutes fear not you know i know you got a chaotic resemblance cd i did uh you know it would just be awesome go and check out and see who the new singer is get meet and greet right
1: there's a little meet and greet going on well yeah actually we're gonna be we're gonna be available the entire day we we don't have any pre-meet and greets or any backstage stuff. We're just going to be there amidst everybody else and hanging out and having a good time. Do you have any other upcoming uh, tours? Not right now. I will say that uh, we've been, we've been in conversation, but it's gotta be right because another thing we want to be able to do is get into the studio and really get some of this new music out for everybody to show you, show you why we're excited. I mean, it's been since 2019 since obsessed was released. We are not at the bit to get some new songs out. So it's really a balance is like, you know, we, we, we could go on the road, but for everything that we do on the road, it kind of prevents us from getting into the studio. So it's a a tenuous balance. I know that we have a couple locked in dates in September. Um, and we're going to see what the summer, you know, June, July, August uh, presents.
0: So we'll see, you know, I hope y- y'all go through Dallas, you know, Dallas is huge for, for the metal scene. Well, not as huge as it was back when I, when I ran a record label, but, uh um, you know, Dallas, when you think of deep Elm, you think the metal scene, you know, Papa Roach oh, yeah. and, and, you know, so many, so many great bands that went through there. So, um, yeah, if you go through Dallas, man, you got to let me know. Got to let me know. Well, anymore. you know, since
1: our, our friends from uh, Mythic Panda and Rottweiler Records are down there, you're probably going to see us. So
0: Jairus, Jairus. Yes. Yes. Um, I'm in. A... I was just down there,
1: had a meeting with them. God, we were hanging out for about three hours last weekend.
0: Oh, so you're off 75 and you couldn't turn around and come see me and walk I'm only like an hour away. Well, you probably, you're south of Dallas, then, right? Yes. Okay. On yeah, I'm thinking about that Slayer <laughs> song. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, man. Uh, yeah, Jairus is a good dude. Um, I have... Yes, he is. I don't want to... I don't want to get anything or like mess anything up, but we're... I'm trying to talk to him about some stuff here. So hopefully I'll have some exciting news as well. Cool. So, and uh, yeah, there. it's a really awesome record label. You know, he's he's got... A lot of heart in for music as as well as the Lord, and I'm just excited about what He has planned for the for the
1: new year and so on. I am too. So yeah, I'm definitely keeping in close conversation with those guys. You know, we've been on Rottweiler since 2017, so we're uh, looking at uh, all the transition and uh, you know working to make the the next steps. Um, you know, as everything. Uh, Everything is presented. And, uh, since, uh,
0: you know, Jairus, um, uh, took, took over. It's like a, it, it's like a, a new, uh, re-energized, uh, Rottweiler. I, I've seen so much, uh, advertisement for it, it is, you know, it's just getting every, everything so excited for all the, all the musicians the bands and everything. So, uh, you know, and he's keeping it straight metal, you know, and that's, we need more metal in life. I, <laughs> I hate to say it, but uh, we need more metal and being a metal head. You know, I love all types of music, but my, my love has always been for metal and that, my, my brother who passed away, he got me into Metallica and all that when we were young and, you know, metal's just been a really near and dear to my heart. So. But uh, well, I can see to on that. <laughs> so, so, but I want to thank you. We're we're getting close to the end of the show. I want to thank you so much, Jamie, for being on the on the show. And if you want to listen to their music, uh, they are on all major platforms. You know, YouTube, Spotify, Amazon. You know, even Pandora. Uh, I've seen y'all pop up on Pandora a couple of times. Uh, so, you know, you get to listen to them and just get excited for, for new music coming out from them. And I'm excited and, and just to let you know, be truthful. I don't know who the new singer yet. He still won't tell me he's, he's, he's got a tight lip. He won't, he won't tell me nothing. Um, so I'm pretty excited about it. I'm on the rafters waiting, waiting for that day, but, um, I just want to thank all the new listeners that happen to stumble upon thinking, Hey, Johnny tacos is a food network special. Maybe he'll teach me some awesome ways to make tacos to enjoy. I hate to be the bearer of bad news. The only edification that I give is through the. It's the testimonies through my guest and my constant babbling of Jesus Christ and trying to open up doors uh, for him because he really wants to be in your heart. You he did not come here by accident, uh, something that Jamie had to say or myself uh, that, that God needed you to hear uh so welcome and i hope you listen here if you like this show uh please like uh subscribe share you know all that good stuff uh to all the die hard listeners the ones that listen to me all the time i have a specific set of skills because i know who you are y'all uh attack me not attack me that's a wrong set of words y'all yeah, pretty much. Uh, let me know on uh, social media about how much this uh, podcast has really helped you out, and if I if I'm able to bring one person closer to God out of this whole venture, then it's worth it. It's worth all the all the energy I've put in here and everything. So, God bless you. Y'all are the sour cream to this taco supreme, and <laughs> just remember. <laughs> Once a street taco gang member is always a street taco gang member. So all my street tacos be be awesome to uh, just. Uh, share this podcast to all your friends family that total stranger that lives next door uh that girl you have a crush on here and just you know instead of giving her a mixtape give her a mix uh podcast uh usb of of my interviews you know i can't i can't say that she will fall in love with you but uh at least you'll give her something good to listen to (laughs) anyways um I want y'all to have a great weekend and enjoy Valentine's Day. It's a day of love uh, to show your significant others or your children or even your fam or your parents that you love them. So uh, don't have yourself a good day. No concern. Have yourself a great day. We're going to leave out with Obsess from 13 Minutes. Let's rock! Wow, that could have sounded a little bit better.